The following message was given by Raymond Goodlett on Sunday, December 30th at Redemption Hill Church. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.redemptionhill.com. I know at our dinner table, it, it's, it's often very difficult to get even five people to listen to one voice. I always find myself saying, you know, your, your mother is still talking. Please, let's, let's listen respectfully to your mother. And then when she's finished, we'd love to hear what you have to say as well. Or, or if it's really chaotic, I just do this. It's very difficult to get five, let alone hundreds of people, to listen attentively to one voice. But that is exactly what we are asking God to help us do right now. Lord, please help us all to truly listen to what you are saying, because we know that ultimately it is your voice that comes to us through the scriptures. As we read 1 Timothy chapter 4, please speak to us as we look back upon 2018 and look ahead to 2019. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Now listen closely to the voice of God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Pause for a minute. So while some had departed from the faith and had devoted themselves to deceptive, deceitful teachings that that ultimately even had a dark and evil power behind it. Human voices were speaking and bringing ideas that other people found to be attractive, that even though they contradicted what God taught through the scriptures, they thought that these things were the better way to go. And they didn't know that the origin of this teaching was actually demonic. This was the teaching of demons, the Bible says. They had no idea. They had departed from the truth and from the faith. And, and, and Timothy, praise God, did not do that. Paul says, rather, in verse 6, that you, Timothy, have been trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. He continued in the truth. But Paul says in verse 7, Timothy, while you may not have departed, please, let's make sure that you're not even distracted Verse 7, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, for to this end we toil and strive, Because we have our hopes set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, 
Now, Paul is saying this to Timothy. Now, I, I want us this morning to hear this in a sense as, as Jesus speaking to us, specifically to us. Until I come, almost until he returns, Jesus says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Now, in one sense, he's Paul is speaking specifically to Timothy in his role as an overseer of the churches in Ephesus. And it applies specifically to him and especially to him. But there's an aspect of it as we go and we'll see that, that I think should, should be received by all of us. And that applies to all of us. Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Verse 14, do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Paul is not saying there that Timothy is, is taking Jesus' place and that he's going to save anybody in that sense. It's not what he's talking about. But, but what he's saying is that there is some real spiritual benefit, very real spiritual benefit that helps as God is saving people from their sin and the ongoing power and influence of it in their lives. There is real benefit to the example you provide for other people who watch and who listen. Lord, help us now to, to listen to you and, and walk us through a little part of this passage here so that as we look ahead to the new year, we might have our hearts and our minds focused and set on you and on your plan for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. It is that time of year. People are making their list of New Year's resolutions. And we want things to be different, don't we? Sometimes we look over our lives, we, we want some of those things to be different than they've been in the past, and, and so we set a goal for ourselves. We set a goal for ourselves and, and we resolve or make a resolution to start doing some things, uh, to continue, Mike, continue a particular diet or something, we, we, we either are starting something, continuing something good, or, or we're resolving to stop doing something in an effort to reach that goal that we're, we're setting for ourselves. And we, we, we jokingly heard some of the most popular uh, New Year's resolutions that people tend to make each year. But one of them seems to be the number one resolution every single year. I am going to go to the gym. I am going to exercise more. I know you've heard me say that before, but this year, it's actually going to happen. And here I am this morning, and, and, and I'm actually going to look at all of you and say that that's what I want to do this morning, is I actually want to encourage every single one of us to do precisely that, to go to the gym more often this year. And you might be saying, man, this is really, I don't know, family feud, go to the gym. I did not come here for this. <clears throat> Before you write me off, I want to show you that this is exactly what Paul tells Timothy in our passage. So we won't go through everything we just read, but we will start in verse 7, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at the latter half of this passage, and I'll show you what I mean. Because with the rest of our time, 
that is what I want to do. I actually want to take us through this, and I want to show us a resolution that's worth making every single year. Secondly, I want us to see the goal behind that resolution, what causes us to make that resolution in the first place. And then finally, I just want to give us some practical things that God would encourage us to do so that we can actually move in the right, right direction toward that goal, all right? So let's start there. First of all, look with me at verse 7. A resolution worth making every single year. What Paul encourages Timothy to do here is he says, don't get distracted, but rather train yourself for godliness. Do you see that, everybody? Train yourself for godliness. This is a resolution worth making every single year, including this one. Literally, Paul says there, that word train is translated, those of you know the New Testament was originally written in Greek, this is literally the Greek word gymnasio. We, we get the word gymnasium or gym from this word. Go to the gym, Timothy. However, this is not a gym that is designed uh, for the strengthening of the body per se, but for the strengthening of the soul. The kind of training and strengthening we often neglect, even if we, we pursue gym memberships that allow our bodies to become stronger and healthier. This is the kind of resistance training that allows you to resist temptation when it comes. This is the sort of training that helps you to move the weight of fear when the diagnosis comes back and they say, yes, we did. We did find cancer. This is the kind of training that allows us to remove that weight of doubt when others begin to say that our Christian beliefs are not progressive enough. They've not kept up with the times, or they're not conservative enough. You're not eager to kick people out of here who are trying to come into the country, and you, I mean, you're talking about going and, and serving them and, and, and taking care of their kids. I mean, what's wrong with you? Your, your, your beliefs are not conservative enough. They're not progressive enough. They're not, they're not logical enough. I mean, I mean, did you miss that class in evolution? I mean, what, what's wrong with you Christians? This kind of training helps us to move that kind of weight. It's the kind of training that allows us to move the weight of guilt and shame when inevitably we, we do something that reminds us we've still got a long way to go. We've still got a long way to go if we're, if we're going to become increasingly the kind of men and women that God wants us to be. So this is the kind of training that that causes us to train our hearts to come to the cross where those weights are lifted from us and we see Jesus carrying them. Paul tells Timothy to go to the gym. Go to the gym and exercise more. Now why? What is the goal? What, what is he after? What is behind this? What, why? Why are we doing this and what are we trying to achieve? Look with me very quickly at verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Verse 15, practice these things and immerse yourself in them. Why? So that what? All may see your Progress. You know, one of, the, one of the worst things about New Year's resolutions is you make them, and, and you, no matter how optimistic you are, you kind of know you're not going to get to December 30th of the following year with a perfect record. 
right? You know that, don't you? And so you almost think, is it worth it? I mean, if I'm not going to be perfect at this, is, is this even worth making, this resolution? Is it, is it even worth trying? And, and what I love about what we just read in verse 15 is, is the goal here is not so much perfection. It's not, I don't, I don't even know if I would call it success, depending on what you have in mind. But look again, he, he, he says to Timothy here, Practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your, everybody? That's the goal. Progress. Progress in godliness. Progress, which wherever we are today as individuals is something that each one of us can pursue and can help others pursue. We don't have to compare ourselves to anyone else but progress in godliness, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. God, matters about, God cares about all these things. They matter to him, and he wants us to make progress in these areas, progress in godliness. And that, that's, I, I love that idea of progress versus perfection. I, I thought about, I don't know how many of you remember that movie, The Last Samurai, this is 15 years ago, Tom Cruise. Some of you, some of you remember Tom Cruise, but The Last Samurai. <laughs> the Last Samurai. Yeah, one of my favorite movie quotes of all time is in that movie. And, and his character, Tom Cruise's character, finds himself amongst some, some, a Japanese village and these samurai warriors, and he's just taken up with them, and he admires them so much. And he, he wakes up one morning and realizes he's the last one to wake up. Everybody else is up doing really productive things. And, and he looks out at them and, and his character says this. I mean, you might remember it. He says, this is an intriguing people. From the moment they wake, they devote themselves to the perfection of whatever they pursue. I have never seen such discipline. Isn't that amazing? I, 15 years ago, I watched that movie. I heard that and I said, that's, that's going to be me. And 15 years later, I'm like, no, that's not, that's not going to be me. <laughs> that nobody is going to catch me when I first wake up in the morning and say anything like that. It's just not happening. Tim, they're not going to hear me singing or you singing in the crowd and say, you, should, you know, you should be up here. And they're not going to come and say, oh, man, this guy, the moment he wakes up. No, if someone sees me the moment I wake up, they're going to say, from the moment he wakes he locks himself in his bathroom and hides from his family. <laughs> and when he comes out, he seems to be searching for something. It's his jeans. He cannot find them. Maybe they're under the pile of pillows at the foot of the bed. <laughs> Nobody's making movies about when I wake up in the morning, right? And, and probably some of you are there with me. But the good news is you and, I, you and I don't have to be a model of perfection. We can be freed up from that burden and we can pursue the goal of progress in godliness. And, and, and there are some very practical things we can do. There's some very practical things we can do in, in order to move in that direction that God wants to encourage us to do. And we can see some of them in this passage as well. So look with me really quickly again at verse 13. Until I come... Devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation 
and to teaching. This is something that we can all embrace for ourselves. The Apostle Paul says to Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. And by the way, do you know that that's exactly what happens when we gather here like this on Sunday morning? You and I can devote ourselves we can't, we can't be perfect, but we can be devoted. We can devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. Make an effort. It's worth making the effort to be here each week. Life, life takes us in many different directions. It, it accumulates. It accelerates. It's not always easy to be here, but it is worth it to make the effort. And again, I, I don't imagine many of us, if any, will get to the end of the year saying we have a perfect record of attendance. But progress is the goal, Yes? And we can all help each other to move in that direction. You, you know, you, you, you come, you make the effort, and you realize, man, God is speaking to me. He's speaking to others. And, and perhaps you're here, and, and you're, you're thinking, I'm not getting much out of this message. You know what? But your, your presence here might be the most encouraging thing to somebody else who is looking at you, who knows what you've been through, who hasn't seen you in a while. I mean, don't underestimate what God does through those little things, right? So we want to devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. And, and, and it's, it's, not, it's not in the text this morning particularly, but if I could, I hope you, you don't uh, stone me for this one, but I, I want to call us to devote ourselves to the private reading of Scripture as well. I'm, I feel pretty confident, Robert, God would not be opposed to that, right? The, the private reading of Scripture as well. And something happens when we train ourselves to, to do this. And, and I think in particular in the morning if we have the opportunity. At the top of the morning if possible. You know, but to, to devote ourselves to that private even reading of scripture. And the, the community Bible reading journal or the CBR journal that we held up a moment ago. And that we, we gave to both our winners and, and challengers right in this game. We don't want to call them. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Hey, we might be able to do this every year. You, you know, the, the 400, the, you guys get to pick the game next year. How about that? But this, this private reading of Scripture, I think, is, is very important as well. We want to be devoted to it. You know, I, I, can, I can honestly look at all of you and say, I don't have anything near a perfect record when it comes to this. But this past month, this December, you know, I, I purposed in my heart, and I said, I'm going to read the book of Proverbs this month. 31 chapters, 31 days in December. I'm going to read a chapter a day. And, and I missed a lot of days. You know, I, 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 missed, I missed this morning, you know, as I'm praying and preparing for this. I missed yesterday as I'm preparing for this. So I didn't read chapter 29. I didn't read chapter 12. I didn't read chapter 17. I didn't read chapter 21. You know, but you, you get the idea. But there was real progress. There was real progress, and I remember when I read chapter 8, and I got to verse 34, where it, it just talks about, you know, blessed is the one who seeks me, and this is wisdom being personified and speaking, but who watches daily at my gates. You, daily, coming before God and coming before the scriptures to hear his voice, watching daily like an eager child, or, or even like a pet that waits for its, its owner to come back home, just watching intently waiting for something. Uh, I, I can't imagine how pleased God is when he sees one of his children just waiting daily at his door and at his gates to hear what he might have to say. Again, we're not going to be perfect, but I think we can help each other to make progress, and that's what we're after. Progress in godliness, progress in being devoted to listening to God's voice each day. 
each and every day. It's the right goal to have. It's a great resolution to make. And often, and I don't want to discourage you from speaking this way, often we talk about doing our devotions, right? And that's fine. Nothing wrong with saying that or thinking that or, 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 or speaking that way. But I, I think more importantly than whether or not we are quote-unquote doing our devotions, I think the real question is, are you actually devoted to what it is you're doing at that moment? Right? That, that is the more important question, and then that's what we want to strive for. Right? To this end, we toil and strive, that we might actually be devoted to listening to God's voice, trusting that it's going to make an impact on us and help us to move in the right direction. And another thing that he says that we ought to be, be doing here is a practical step uh, to, to bring us in that right direction, and I'm beginning to close here. Verse 15, he says, practice these things. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them. That word practice, you know, Robert, we, Robert was preaching last week and we were going through Philippians chapter four if you were with us. And, and we talked about how we ought to set our minds on things that are true and noble and just and pure and excellent and praiseworthy, right? Meditate on these things. And we said, if you practice, Paul said to, to the Philippians there, whatever you have heard and seen or learned and received in me, practice these things. You remember that? Well, that word practice in Philippians 4 is a completely different word than this word practice. The one that we saw last week in Philippians chapter 4 is a word that is most often translated into practice. It's used some three dozen times in the New Testament. This word practice is only used twice. It's the Greek word melatao. It's only used twice in the Bible. Once here and the other time in Acts chapter 4 verse 25. So, so flip there with me. Acts chapter 4 verse 25. Don't lose your place here. But there we get some insight into what this word actually means. And there in Acts chapter 4 verse 25. You remember the apostle Paul and John had been arrested by the, the Jewish authorities for preaching in the name of Jesus. And then they were, they were threatened. And they said, if you don't stop doing this, we're going to punish you. And they said, well, that, that's fine. Do, do what you have to do. We're going to preach Jesus anyway. Which is a response I love. <laughs> I love that. And they prayed to God for boldness. And they began their prayer in Acts chapter 4. It would help if I was in Acts and not in Romans. My fingers always take me to Romans. It's, it's my favorite restaurant, I like to say. I like to eat there all the time. <laughs> Acts chapter 4, verse 24. When they heard those threats, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? Do you see that word plot? It's the same word translated over, go with me again to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Same word translated as practice in verse 15 of 1 Timothy 4. God is encouraging us to plan any administrators out there, see this is not my thing, but God is encouraging us to actually plan. This word means to scheme, to plot. 
schedule, right? Conspire. You, you have to conspire against yourself at times to do this. It, it is amazing. I mean, if I'm in a slump and I haven't read my Bible in a while, and I, all right, I determine, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, where's my Bible? I'm going to read this thing this morning. And then all of a sudden, man, I haven't been able to do anything else. I mean, I haven't been able to straighten this or clean that. And all of a sudden, as soon as I go for that Bible, I just feel this gust of energy. All of a sudden, I can declutter, I can clean, I can, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, all of a sudden, I have this, this unstoppable energy to do anything but read the Bible. Have you ever noticed that? Now, don't try to use that as a strategy to trick yourself into doing all that other stuff. I'm going to read my Bible. You, you, but you get the idea. I, I have learned that I sit down to read the Bible. I take out the Bible. I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to read, and every last thought about what I need to do that day comes into my mind, and, and all of a sudden, I'm gone. I can't get immersed in these things because I'm, I'm, I'm lost in something else. So, so Robert Greene has taught me this. It's a great idea. I get my Bible out now and, and I have my journal, whatever I'm, I'm using to record thoughts as they come to me that, that God puts in my mind. And then there are other thoughts that something else is putting in my mind, right? I have a different thing for that, a little piece of paper. If, if a thought, a distracting thought comes to my mind as I'm trying to listen to God, I got that piece of paper. I have prepared for distractions, and I just write that thing down. I say, I'll get to you later. I'm listening to God right now. One voice at a time. After that, I'd love to hear what you have to say too. <laughs> this thing works. So God invites us here. I mean, don't think of this as, as legalistic or anything. He actually invites us here to choose a time. Choose a place. Prepare for distractions. Get your, your community Bible journal out. Go to the gym. If, if you saw an ad for a $10 gym membership, $10 a month, some of you would say, that's a great deal. The CBR journal just costs you one time, $10. $10 a year, the whole year. Make an investment, right? God encourages us to do these things. And, and, and I'll, I, I actually will close now with this. The, the, none of this will actually work. None of your efforts to devote yourself, none of your planning and plotting, and none of that's going to work apart from the real power behind it and what all of this is designed to help us do, which is to see Jesus. Look at, look at John chapter 5, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. This is what we want. This is what we want to be at the end of our, our efforts to be self-disciplined, to go to the gym, the, the, the spiritual gym, not goals gym, but we can say souls gym, right? Oh, come on, oh. But as we, as we do that, we are hoping that at the end of it is, is our ability to see Jesus increasingly. You know, the, the Pharisees and, and a lot of the religious people of that day, they, they read the Bible, they understood it, they knew it backwards and forwards, or I should say, they were familiar with what it said, even though it didn't really, they didn't understand it in their hearts. But Jesus looked at them one day and he lamented and he said in, in John 5, 39 through 40, you, you diligently search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Yet these are the scriptures that testify about me, but you refuse to come to me to have life. 
We know what it is to come to church, but do we know what it is to come to Jesus for life? We know what it is to read the Bible or do our devotions, but in all of that doing of the devotions, in all that reading of the Bible, are we coming to the Jesus about whom that Bible testifies? That's, that's what God is after. That's what we want. We want to put ourselves and our souls in a position to do that increasingly, to make progress in seeing Jesus, to make progress in godliness as a result. That's what I want for myself. That's what we as pastors want want for ourselves. That's what I want for myself. That's what we as pastors want for all of us here. Jesus, look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 one more time. The the Jesus that we, we see in this Bible, he is the one. He is the one who has actually done everything that Paul is calling Timothy to do here. He he has devoted himself, devoted himself to the Father and to the Father's will, not just to the public reading of Scripture, but devoted himself to the fulfillment of Scripture so that you and I might be able to receive the promises that now he has secured for us. The promises of forgiveness at his cross, of eternal life as we we take in the spirit of God that is freely given to us, the, the resurrected life, the new life now possible for us. Jesus is the one who has done that and makes it possible, who offers that to us, and nobody else can do it. This new life we're talking about, only Jesus can can provide this. Jesus is the one, you, you talk about verse 14, you talk about the fact that he practiced these things, he planned from eternity past with our Heavenly Father to, to purchase for himself a people for his very own possession from every tribe, every nation, every language. And he accomplished this by his death on the cross. He immersed himself he said in Luke chapter 12, how, how distressed I am. I have a baptism to undergo and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. He, he would immerse himself not only in flesh, in, in our humanity, but he allowed himself to be immersed in death and ultimately immersed in the wrath of God that is due to us for our sin. And in, in that, in Jesus being immersed in all of that and then coming out of that tomb, The resurrection, you and I have the hope of new life. For we have set our hopes on the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. The reason this thing works is because Jesus got out of that tomb. He he practiced everything he preached. He died on the cross for people like you and me that we might come to him. And then he, he emerges out of death the immersion that he placed himself in, he emerges out of that with with a new and indestructible life that he can freely give to every single one of us. And it is yours today if you believe in him. Where are you this morning? Are you one who we might say has departed from the faith? Have you perhaps departed from the faith, moved away from confidence in the Bible's teaching? Have you perhaps moved away from the beliefs and the value system and the the way of life that Jesus displayed and that he calls us to as his followers? Or or maybe that's not you, but, but have you become very distracted by things that only have value for this life? All right, this is where I find myself at times. Have you, have you allowed those things to, to choke out the life of the word and, and to blur your vision so that you're not seeing Jesus consistently or clearly? 
Or, or praise God, and it's okay to, to say this, maybe you're in, in a place where right now you're primarily devoted to the right things. That's a wonderful thing, and, and we all want to make progress in that direction, but wherever you are this morning, you, you might even be the person here this morning who doesn't have, you didn't have a chance to depart from the faith because you were never there to begin with. You're still, in, in one sense, on the outside looking in, considering who Jesus is to you, and, and I, if that's you this morning, look, please let nothing keep you from Jesus Christ. Come to him today. Man, he, he, he did all the heavy lifting so that you could say, you know what, Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me. Please save me. If, if you say that from your heart to him this morning, he knows exactly how to save you. For everybody else, let's pray together now that we would, we would, we would see Jesus this coming year. That wherever we are in this journey, that we would trust him to lead us in the right direction, to make progress in godliness, to go to the gym, to exercise more, to be devoted to the reading of scripture, and most importantly, intent on seeing the Jesus about whom those scriptures testify. Let's pray together. Lord, I do pray that you would do that for us this morning, that you would help us to see you clearly, that you would restore any lost confidence in your word and in the scriptures that you would restore any lost clarity concerning what is right and what is wrong, that you would restore any lost confidence, Lord, and any lost courage, once we do have clarity, any lost courage that enables us to stand right where you tell us to stand, to associate ourselves with you publicly, even when that will invite the disapproval of others. Man, we, we ask for your help this coming year. Help us to be an encouragement to one another on this path. And Lord, I do pray, I do pray that many of us would, would pick up that CBR journal or something like it, you know, and, and give our hearts the best chance to see you on a consistent basis. We ask this in your name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to a message by Raymond Goodland, given at Redemption Hill Church in Richmond, Virginia. For more information on the church and to hear other messages, please visit us online at www.redemptionhill.com.